Welcome to the Bookwifery Podcast, a weekly podcast that helps you birth your book, your voice, and your audience through discernment, companionship, and guidance. I'm Christiane Squires, the founder of Bookwifery, and my mission is to help you birth books that heal the world with light. Welcome to the show. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Bookwifery Podcast. I'm excited about this episode. We are on episode 11. It's going to be six questions to clarify your life's work. Wow. I love talking about this. Um, And also, as I was putting together my notes for the questions and um, kind of the outline of this episode, I started to realize it's almost, it could feel a little bit like a mini workshop. So encourage you to just listen your way through, but at some point you might decide you want to like sit down and start working with all the questions yourself on paper and maybe come back and listen to it again to, to be a companion to you. So on that note, a couple things for you to know. Um, I'm going to put the six questions in the show notes for today's episode. So um, if you don't want to listen back through it later, you can always go to the show notes page and find the six questions listed there for you. So bookwifery.com slash podcast, and then go to episode 11, which is six questions to clarify your life's work. And the six questions will be there for you. Additionally, there at the end of the six questions we're going to talk about today, there's going to be some uh, three bonus questions, (laughs) which kind of take you to the next step once you've done some noticing and some discernment work with the questions, which we are going to do today. I'm very excited to lead you through the questions and then actually um, invite you into a little bit of discernment space. And then after we do that together, um, to provide you with three additional questions that are kind of like taking you to your next step with what you've noticed. Um, so those questions as well will be in the uh, show notes for this episode. Okay, so the questions will be on the show notes. There's a couple other things that you will find on the show notes page that might be helpful to you. Number one is that if you are listening to this episode around the time it comes out, which today is August 2nd, 2018, um, I am going to be enrolling the um, a new cohort for the kind of intro courses to book pregnancy that I offer here at Book at Bookwifery. Um, it's a there's a four week book pregnancy planning course. It's kind of like what to expect when you're expecting a book. A book, um, four week book pregnancy planning course, and then a first trimester course that follows that, which runs for about three months. So I'm going to be opening enrollment for that for the last time in 2018 in a few weeks. So mid mid August, and we're going to start the journey together in early September. So if you want to move forward in your book pregnancy this year before the end of the year, this would be the time to do it. So on the show notes page, you will find a link to sign up for the notification list when enrollment opens later this month. So you'll find that on the show notes page. Additionally, um, if you are not sure that you are pregnant with a book, um, maybe after you listen to this episode today, you're, you're really clear on, you become really clear or you become affirmed in the clarity you already have about your life's work. And, but you're not sure if a book is a specific thing that you want to move forward in. If you're not sure a book is a piece of the puzzle for you, I'm offering a, my free discernment workshop on August 17th at one o'clock Eastern 
It's a free workshop. It's going to run about an hour. Um, I'm going to kind of gather with folks at that time. It's going to be like a video conference where we can see and hear one another. And we're going to talk about um, the nine questions that help you find book clarity. Uh, It's a book discernment question. Are you pregnant with a book is really the question people come into that workshop with. And we're going to, we're going to workshop those nine questions together and help you kind of hopefully find some clarity about whether you are truly pregnant with a book or not. And then if you are, you can decide whether you want to move forward with the courses that are starting in September. So the link to sign up for the register to register for the um, free discernment workshop on August 17th is also going to be in the show notes. Okay. And then lastly, uh, this will also be on the show notes page. Um, and you'll hear more about it at the end of this episode, but I am opening up some spots on my calendar for people to schedule one-on-one discernment sessions with me. We can talk about uh, discernment related to book pregnancy, but also want to give you the opportunity, if you take from this particular episode, uh, these six questions to clarify your life's work, and then the three bonus questions that help you think through possible next steps for you, and you realize like it would be really helpful to have some more kind of in-depth discernment, maybe more interactive discernment work um, with me, um, I'm opening up some slots on my schedule that are paid uh, one-on-one sessions. Um, that I would love to do that kind of discernment work with you. Discernment is my favorite topic and also talking about kind of discernment related to your your life's work and book pregnancy and the potential that, you know, you have to bring your light more fully into this world. So, um, again, more information on that is going to be at the end of this episode, but you can sign up for one of those slots on my calendar also on the show notes page. So, bookwifery.com slash podcast, go to episode 11, all the info or links that you need for the things I just mentioned will be there for you. Okay, so let's transition to the actual episode for today. Quickly want to talk a little bit about why I wanted to talk about this topic. Six questions to clarify your life's work. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a while now, you know that I specialize at Bookwifery in helping people birth books in the general nonfiction category, and that I define general nonfiction kind of loosely as books that that directly help people. So they're books that are written specifically to a reader to help them learn or grow or heal or um, explore and or educate. And um, so... You know, when someone writes a book from the place of helping other people or educating people about something, um, helping them grow, it's usually because they have, they are writing from a place of kind of rootedness in their sense of their own life's work. They've been doing this work in the world. Um, they are, the thrust of their life is kind of circling around what their book subject or multiple book subjects are about. And, um, and so, you know, this is a good place to start for you. If you are, um, you know, whether you're hopeful to write a book someday, or you just want to live a life that way, that is like circling around a particular, um, passion. You know, I talk about, you know, bearing light in the world and healing the world with light. And that's really at the heart of this topic today. It's like, what is that light in you? Um, how is it, how are you being invited to shine it? Um, are, you know, do you need clarity about what that light's name is and the contexts in which you might be able to shine it or, um, light it, um, light it up so that it can, it can actually shine if you weren't aware that it was even 
a wick was there to be lit. So um, that's kind of at the heart of this episode is number one, just helping you get more and more in touch with the light that you bear and start to think about how that is maybe... um, how you are maybe being invited to shine it, the context, the ways, um, and then kind of tagging on from that is, you know, is a book a part of that for you? So let's dive in. Um, First thing I want to say is that if you decide to set some time apart to work through these questions on your own, a couple encouragements for you about that, you know, clear off your table or your desk, kind of create an undistracted space for yourself. Or if you want to cozy up in a corner on the couch, um, maybe put your phone away from you so that it's, or on do not disturb or something so that it's kind of out of sight, out of mind for this period of time and encourage you to kind of set some intention and declaration for this time to be a time of discernment. So whether that means lighting a candle to acknowledge the presence of the sacred with you, um, whether it is saying a prayer to begin, um, opening that this, this time with, with a word of prayer or a word of intention for this time. So that would be a really great place to begin is to kind of settle yourself into the physical space that you're in, but also settle your spirit. Okay, question one in our six questions to clarify your life's work is what is your life narrative? So we're just diving all in on this first question. We're just going straight for it. Um, Not beating around the bush, but um, I really want to invite you to do some some work around and some noticing of kind of the breadth of your life narrative. So this may be an exercise that you've heard of before or have done even previously in workshops or at retreats or something um, or with books that you've read. But basically what I want to invite you to do is create kind of a sketch for yourself. And if I were to do this on paper, what I would do is I would draw a kind of a long horizontal line on the page with kind of like a start point and an end point. And then I would start to plot out um, major life events or like significant moments. So it might be things like, um, for you, maybe it was a time when your family moved to a new new town. Um, Maybe it was um, starting college. Maybe it was different jobs that you've held. Maybe it was getting married. Maybe it was the death of a loved one, Um, even going back to like childhood, significant moments where maybe there was a divorce in the family that happened. What you're plotting here in your life narrative is just the bare bones plot points. So school moments, career moments, um, life transitions, major events, um, marriage, big move, divorce, um, death. um, So you're just kind of getting a scope of the major events in your life that are significant to you. And you can decide what significant is. Like, I think if I were doing mine, I might even put things on there. Like at age three, I learned to read. And at age five, I skipped kindergarten and went straight into first grade. Like those were significant things that informed the shape of my life. And I kind of carried them with me forward and have actually, when I think about it now, have impacted the direction my life ended up going and my sense of my my work in the world, as silly as it might sound <laughs> to say that. Um, so you get to decide what significance is. Um, this is your life narrative. It's what's what has been important to you, significant to you, meaningful to you. Um, so plot those out on like a 
a horizontal grid for yourself. And that's just question number one. So there's no like analysis of this. It's just putting this, the, the moments down. Um, so, okay. So that's question one. Question two is going to take you a layer deeper with that. The question is, what did you love? And it's a kind of open-ended question intentionally. So when you're looking at your life narrative that you've plotted out on the paper for yourself, or you're, if you're doing it mentally and you're doing kind of a mental review of your life, what did you love? So, and this can be all the way up to present day. What do you love? Um, so we're trying to get to the heart of um, things that animated you. This, you know, again, going back to all the way to childhood, it might be things like hobbies that you've had, um, certain subjects in school that you loved, um, activities that you participated in, maybe, you know, in the community um, or in your church, um, jobs that you've held that you have loved, um, naming those, or maybe it's specific roles within jobs that you've held. So maybe um, there was a particular task you were given or a role you were given or an opportunity you were given in a job that you've had that you really loved. And so giving yourself a chance to jot that down. Um, maybe it is volunteerism that you've done um, that you really have loved. Things that you've loved doing in your free time. So this could be hobbies, um, but it's, you know, just or activities, you know, what, you know, just giving you yourself another way to think about it. So in your free time, what have you loved? Um, maybe it's some type of caregiving that you've done, whether it's caregiving for children, caregiving for um, people in your life that you love, caregiving for um, in some form of service or even in a job. Um is there something about that that you loved? So so naming specifically, what are the things that you've loved in your life? Um, so I've given you kind of a lot of different possibilities for what that could look like, but you get to decide how you interpret what you love. Okay, question number three, why did you love those things? So I'm always inviting you to go a layer deeper, a layer deeper, a layer deeper. So we looked at your life narrative, kind of the surface plot points, then we talked about where you're being invited to notice what you loved about what you have loved or do love about your life narrative, things that active and sorry, animate you. And now we're going to layer deeper than that into why have you loved those things? So it's not just saying, you know, I loved participating in this particular sport, but it's saying, why did I love that? Is it the, just the movement of my body? Um, was it the camaraderie of the teammates? Um, was it the feeling of my body connecting with, you know, a ball or, you know, the sense of like kinetic um, energy? So that's what I'm trying to get to here. So peeling back the layer even more on all the things that you've named that you have loved in your life. Why did you love those things? And this can go, I mean, so many different places. I'll name, I'll name some possibilities, but obviously take this where it makes sense for you to go. So maybe you love certain things that you named because they gave you a feeling of freedom. Or maybe a chance for creative expression and you just love to be able to express yourself creatively. Uh, maybe it was that you loved being able to learn and like the feeling of learning and, and gathering information and understanding something really lights you up. Um, name this a moment ago related to sports, but like it could be in so many different contexts, like the social aspect of something. So belonging to clubs or participating in certain volunteer efforts or um 
being at a certain job that you loved? What was it about that? Maybe for you, it was the relationships that were there or the the social aspect of it. Um, what if it was something you loved because you were given opportunity for leadership and you were you were given a chance to 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 run with something and to lead others? And um, what was it about that leadership that you loved in particular? Um, mentioned already that, you know, maybe it was the, the feeling of moving your body in some context. Um, maybe it was getting the, getting to watch others heal or grow or change or learn. So just getting to see other people's lives be changed and that your participation in something like what you, lit you up was seeing the impact it was having on other people. Um Maybe it was the chance that something gave you for self-exploration. So we talked about creative expression, but there's also kind of that inner you know, world inside of you, the chance to explore what's going on inside and maybe not necessarily expressing it creatively outside of you, but just the chance to explore your internal world and kind of notice and learn. So what I love about this question is it starts to give you some glimpses into the way of you. So if you're noticing what it is, you notice the things that you're lo- you've loved in your life, but then you start to get clearer on why you loved those things, it starts to give you more of a sense of um, kind of the heartbeat of you, the way of you. So things that I named here were things like freedom and leadership and social and body movement and watching others heal and learn and grow. And so um, it's like, it starts to clarify for you what you would love to be a part of and want to kind of move more into. And so back in episode nine, and I will link this up in the show notes as well, if you want to give it a listen, we did an episode on discernment and why it's important to your book, Pregnancy. And I offered... um, One of the segments of that episode talked about getting clear on the what of your life and the... what was it? the how of how you live it out and then the way in which you live that out within the how. <laughs> so this question here about why you loved these things is kind of connected to that way. You know, how do you most love to express? Um, how What do you most love to be a part of? Um, how is that activating your heart? Okay, so that's question three. Now we're going to shift into question four. Okay, question four is what choices did you make in your life. So this might sound a little bit like, and there might be some crossover with question one, um, or maybe even question two. Um, But what I want to get at here is the things that you specifically have had agency over in your life. So some things in our life that are in our life narrative might be things that happened to us, like our family, our parents moved us across the country at age seven, and you didn't get a choice in that. You had to go along because you're part of the family. Or I know for me, my parents divorced when I was, you know, growing up, and so and they separated earlier than that. And that was something that kind of happened to me, and I didn't get a choice in the matter. Um, but what I want to kind of flip this this question for is: What are the choices in your life that you have had agency over? What were those? What are the choices that you've made? So just there's no um, assessment of the choices at this point. Right now, question four is just naming things in your life that you chose. So I'm going to name some possibilities here uh, just to get your mind kind of worrying on it. Uh, Worrying. (laughs) W-H-I-R-R-I-N-G. 
Sounds a lot like worrying, and that's not how I meant it. So I want to get your mind kind of turning and, um, you know, the cogs going. So some possible choices that you have made in your life might be certain jobs that you've taken or job changes that you've made. Maybe it's the place you chose to go to college. Might be times that you quit something. So that could be a job, but it might also be involvement in certain clubs or groups or uh, volunteer efforts. So times when you've decided to end your involvement in something. And then also times when you've you've decided to join some kind of effort or job or opportunity. So times where you've ended or quit something, but also times when you've joined or started something. Where where might some of those moments have been in your life? Um, purchases you've made in your life that felt like significant you know, choices, um, projects that you've done, um, creative projects, work projects, um, social projects, um, times when you've decided to move, um, times when you've decided to help someone or help a particular cause. So it could be an individual, it could be a group of people, it could be an organization that was a decision to help. Um, saying yes to an opportunity or saying no to an opportunity, some cho- some choices you've made related to that that you can think of. Uh, maybe the decision to go to therapy. Um, maybe the decision to pursue a particular line of work. Um, decision to hmm, to get married. <laughs> That could be another choice that you made. Um, so these are the kinds of things. So some moments of choice in your life, and this can go as far back as childhood as you want, and it can be into your young adult life and your current day life. What are different different seasons when you've noticed certain choices you made? Okay, so that's question four. And then question five is what motivated those choices? So sometimes we make a choice and it truly is our choice, but we were motivated um, maybe by factors that we felt were like necessary or um, kind of pushing us. So so some of these might be things like um, fear motivated me, necessity motivated me, um, self-doubt motivated me, um, anger motivated me. So these are some of the kind of like um, maybe harder choices we've made. I know for me, I've made choices about jobs before because I had anxiety going into work every day and it was almost unbearable for me. Um, I could have chosen to stay and tried some different ways to deal with my anxiety than I already had been, but I chose to leave because it was unbearable. Um, I've also had times where I moved um, like you may or may not know this about me, but I went through a divorce in my mid-20s, and I was living in the Midwest, and I chose to move back to California to be near, my, be near my family. So I felt a little bit like that choice was made out of necessity because I was going through the dissolution of a marriage, and I was living in a, you know the middle of the country where I didn't have any support system around me, and so I moved back to where my support system was. It was still a choice. I felt like it was of necessity, but it was still a choice in favor of um, being with a social support network and a familial support network. So, you know, kind of looking at the choices that we've made and realizing that there might be outside factors that were acting on us that, you know, motivated a choice, but, um, and just naming what that was. So I think I would still have named necessity as the reason that I moved back to California at that time in my life. Um, But there's some other things that can motivate choices, like 
curiosity, you know, wanting to get involved in something or say yes to an opportunity because you're curious about like what it would be like, or you want to learn. Um, maybe it's just pure enjoyment. You love it. You enjoy it. You want to do it. Um, could be motivated by, um, compassion. Um, you might be motivated by, um, a desire to be healthy. So like I mentioned earlier, the choice to, to enter therapy, it might be, you know, I did that because I wanted to be healthy or I wanted to learn what my options were. I wanted, I wanted options or I wanted freedom. Um, you could be motivated to make certain choices because of a lack of interest. Um, you're doing something, it's, it's not, enlivening you and so or or you're invited to do something and it doesn't you know really interest you and so you say no um uh, let's see maybe you're motivated because you simply couldn't ignore it it just wouldn't let you alone um you had a sense of urgency about it or maybe a sense of like um you're compelled toward it because of some inner sense of like you know responsibility to or call or something like that. So lots of different like motivations that can run the gamut from whatever you might, whatever might be labeled as like positive or negative emotions. So getting kind of looking at your list of choices you've made in your life and getting clear on like what, what motivated those choices for you. Okay. So we've reached the last question. This is kind of the midpoint for me of the episode. And that is um, the question, what are you noticing? So this is the point at which I'm going to invite you to pause and notice. Okay. So to enter into this noticing space, the first thing I want to do is to invite you to enter it with, again, a moment of intention. So maybe you pause for a moment after you've done all these lists in response to the questions, and you just take a moment to first breathe. I'm breathing with you. You've just cataloged a lot of your life on paper. You started to get kind of underneath the layers of some of that. So just allowing yourself to drop down to center again. Getting in touch with yourself in this present moment. Becoming aware of the holy with you in this space. Naming a desire to discern, to to find, to notice what you need to notice in this time of reflection that's about to come. Maybe asking for divine help. Will you help me notice what I need to see? Give me eyes to see. Maybe asking for the ability to hear, to listen. Help me notice what I need to notice. And so in this space of intention and discernment, I am going to invite you to look back at your responses to the previous five questions and to look at them with a prayerful heart, a listening heart, a noticing heart. Notice what starts to resound for you. What seems to be repeating itself? 
Is there anything in what you wrote down that surprised you? Do you notice any patterns? Anything like, oh, I often would move away from something because I got scared or I didn't know if I had had what it took. Or do you notice, oh, I like, I've barreled forward in a lot of ways in my life. I've really taken risks. I've really been willing to try. Anything that you're noticing about like patterns. Another question I would love for you to hold as you're looking at your list is um, your awareness of your true essential self and your awareness of the existence or the manifestation of your false self or your ego self or your protective self. Um, Not judging that, but just aware that sometimes we are motivated to do what we do by a need to protect ourselves or amplify ourselves um, that's coming from not our deepest, most secure center, our most sense of being beloved, but from a place of needing to secure something for ourselves, provide, prove. Um, So just noticing kind of some of those differing dynamics at play in some of your experiences or choices. What would you name as being movements of your true essential self? And what might you name as being movements of your egoic self or your false self um, or maybe just your scared self? And maybe even um, highlighting with different colors um, the difference of those things in your life, like where those different parts of you have moved. This sixth question is really an invitation to notice. Notice what you're noticing about what you have jotted down. These very deep and sweeping life narrative questions. Noticing what has animated and enlivened you, what has motivated some of the choices you've made. Okay. So those are our six questions that help you... um, clarify your your potential life's work. So the six questions themselves do not get at you know what your actual life work might be. Like we haven't tried to get you to set that that like write anything down specific to like what might my life's work actually be. It's been more looking back and noticing what are some of the themes what are the things you're learning about yourself as you explore your, you know, the breadth of your life narrative? Um, what is the, what is some of the metal of your life? Um, like, what's the thisness? Like, this is what has been your life, and this is how it's impacted you, and this is what you're learning about yourself in the way that you have responded to your life and what's been presented to you. And so now we're going to shift into like, what might you do with this? These are, I mentioned at the beginning three questions that you can take as next step, next steps. And so the first question I want to invite you into after having kind of gathered all of this up 
is what can you imagine? Based on this really significant self-awareness you've just gained about yourself, your life, uh, your motives, your desires, your loves, what can you imagine? And I say this kind of threefold. What can you imagine for yourself? What can you imagine for others? What can you imagine for a better world? So you've been taking up from all of these previous six questions, you know, what motivates you, what you've loved, what you want for yourself, you know, indications of what you want for yourself based on the choices you've made. Um, So now it's starting to cast forward and saying, based on all of this self-knowledge and self-awareness you've just gained, what can you imagine for yourself and your life? Like that is kind of the starting point to getting clearer and clearer on the potential for your life's work in the world. What does your self-awareness that you've just gained and gathered up teach you about the potential for your life? And like, what can you imagine for yourself based on that self-knowledge? Um, and then kind of a next layer of that can be, what can you imagine for others based on what you've learned about your loves? Your loves, what animates you, what motivates you, um, what gets you, you know, energized or fired up or, um, you know, what matters based on what you've learned matters to you. Um, What could you imagine for others? Um, Just from a place of your own self-knowledge, yourself in the world, what do you wish for others? Um, What do you feel like you can help others with? And then connecting this too to the concept of a better world, like a vision for a better world, a hope for a better world, um, the things that you care about, that you want to be, want to have motivating you in your life, that you want to be doing more of, um, how could that possibly help bring about a better world? So you're welcome to, when you're doing this imagining for yourself, you're welcome to go as, um, into the minutia of like the daily life kind of level of it. You know, what could you imagine your daily life looking like, the kinds of activities you're doing, the kinds of things you're involved in, um, to kind of the broader scope of what kind of impact would you love to have made in the world? Impact on other people, impact on the world. Um, kind of what kind of contribution would you like to have made? Um, what do you feel like would bring you a sense of fulfillment? enjoyment? What kind of activities do you want to be doing with your life? Kind of things would you like to be involved in? So that's kind of what this first follow-up question of what can you imagine? All of that can encompass for you. So just start to dream and imagine and hope and start to write down like what might that look like based on what you know of yourself and your life narrative and your intrinsic motivations. Okay. Second question following on from that is based on what you can imagine, what do you need? When you look at what you can imagine for yourself and for others and for a better world and your part to play in that, what do you need in order to move in that direction? So this might be things like permission. Maybe you need to feel a sense of permission to move toward it. Maybe it's confidence, you know, a belief that you can do this, 
Um, maybe it is income, like just brass tacks, you know, in order to move in this direction, I would need to find a way for it to generate income, or I would need to feel secure that the income I'm currently generating can sustain me. Um, maybe it's, you know, technical know-how, like I want to move in this direction, but I don't know how to actually do the things that will help me move in that direction. So I need to learn maybe some technical information on how to do certain things, or maybe it's, I need to learn from people who have done it and have them teach me. Um, Maybe it's um, you need support from loved ones or a partner's um, a partner in your life that you know that they're they're saying yes, let's do this, and you need them to be kind of along with you in it. Um, maybe it's further training that you need. Um, you know, the thing that you want to move toward really does require further academic training or um, vocational training or something like that. And the just kind of the reality of that, like a credentialing might be required. Um, or maybe for you, it's just you need a way forward. Like you need to see a way. You need to find your way into it. Like maybe you can't even envision how it would be. And so you need the way to become more clear. So just naming in the second question, you know, what do you know, what do you feel aware that you need in order to move toward this imagining life that you have kind of started to dream for yourself or, you know, realize the possibility of? So what do you need? And then the third question is, how can you secure those things for yourself? So I love to call this question, this question for me is about what I call the work outables. So it's like, okay, um, if what I need is some technical know-how or some like help from people who know how to do the things I'm going to need to learn how to do in order to do this. <laughs> so that's workoutable, right? It's like, okay, making a list of like, what is it that I need to learn how to do and how can I start teaching myself that or learning from people who know how to do that, watching YouTube videos, reading blogs, like taking courses, whatever. Um, like these are all things that you can figure out. You just need to get clear on what it is you need to learn. Um, if it's the income question, like I wouldn't know how to make a living doing this thing that I would love to do that I know my life is testifying to my desire to do. Um, so that is, again, it's a work outable question. It, it may not feel that way. It might feel like this like thing you have no control over, but you actually do have control over um, generating income. So it might be giving yourself some room to start to dream even further about um, how what you can do could become some stream of income or multiple streams of income, whether it's creating workshops and leading workshops, um, you know, teaching, um, writing, um, being, you know, getting a particular position that supports this work in the world for you that, you know, you know, might be be a certain kind of job. Um, so, you know, I'm speaking here as an entrepreneur, like when, when I look at the life work of people in the world, I think anything's possible. I think that there's so much potential for you to create a life for yourself that helps you contribute to the world in a meaningful way that helps people who are in need of what you have to bring. And so, you know, <laughs> I'm going to be someone who's always like, okay, well, how could this be? And what, what's possible? And there's, there's no end to the, the um, potential that could be realized through someone's life. And so 
you know, given the given the realities and the constraints, like that's all discernment work. It's like, okay, well, there are realities. How does that speak to the desires and the sense of um, nudging or longing or call? And um, how do we find our way through? So this like way forward is the thing that I love to help people kind of sit with and notice and imagine and pray with. And so I mentioned at the beginning of the episode that I'm going to be making some spots available on my calendar for people to who, who might want to do some deeper discernment work and deeper imagining work and um, kind of working with some of these things that you're naming you you need that you want to start moving towards securing for yourself in order to move towards your sense of life work and contribution and call. And so um, if that's something that would be helpful for you as part of the like work outable and, you know, moving further towards like what securing what you need, um, you can go to the show notes page for this episode and I'll have a link there if you want to sign up for a one-on-one session with me. So this will be a time that's completely focused on you and your sense of discernment and and questions and noticing that you are kind of sitting with right now. So I'm going to invite you to share with me in advance of our session, if you decide to move into this um, with me, I'm going to invite you to share with me your response to these questions that we've just covered in this episode. So it's the six questions and then the three follow-up questions. And, you know, so that I can come into our time together, having had a chance to get to know a bit of what you're carrying right now, what you're sitting with, um, having, and then also what I love about that prep work I get to do before our session is I then bring into our time together things that I've noticed from what you've shared with me um, in advance of the session. I can like you know, my, I go into prepping for those sessions with my own discernment ears open and my, my own heart open and my own prayerful posture of like, okay, the holy ground of this person's life and the questions that they're holding and the experiences that they've had and the longings that they are carrying. Um, what am I noticing about all that's here that they've shared with me? And then we get onto a video call and it's 45 minutes of time spent sitting with that with you. And I, you know, will notice with you what's here and bring as additional questions and noticing your response and paying attention to that and holding some reflective or prayerful space for you, getting clear on what the deep question or concern is, um, the specific thing that you might really be needing that might be named as something else in disguise. Um, so if that seems like something you could really use, I'd love to invite you into a discernment session with me. Um, the cost for a 45-minute session that includes prep work and um, post-call post follow-up is $125. And um, if you're listening to this episode later in time, I can't promise that these sessions will still be available, but for, for now, in August 2018, <laughs> and going forward at least for a little while, I will be making them available on my site for you to sign up for. Um, but obviously, you don't have to sign up for something like that with me in order to get the clarity that you need or to move forward in your own journey. But if that would be a value to you to have someone sitting with you in that space, having me sitting with you in that space and holding these questions and realities of your life with you and helping you just in the discernment space, um, find your next step or your next awareness that you need. Um, I would love to do that with you. Um, but if it's, you know, some other way forward for you that you need to find, again, it's just naming what you need in order to move deeper into your sense of your life's work. And then 
naming, starting to get clearer for yourself on what it is that can help you procure that for yourself so that you can have what you need in order to move forward. So it could be as simple as having a conversation with someone and it could be, you know, doing some research and it could be asking some questions. Um, yeah, it could be prayer. It could be like having a conversation with your, um, sense of the divine presence and asking for what you need, um, asking for confirmation in your spirit, things like that. So there's all these different ways in which this could this could look for you. But I'm just giving you some possibilities. I'm naming some potentials and inviting you to consider it because what this world needs is more of us bearing light in the world and doing the work that is ours to do. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bookwifery podcast. Show notes for each episode can be found at bookwifery.com slash podcast. I'd love to connect with you beyond the show. You can subscribe to my birth notes newsletter at bookwifery.com slash notes, where I share further details behind each week's episode, plus updates on all things bookwifery. My favorite place to hang out online is Instagram. You can find me at Christiane underscore bookwifery or by searching bookwifery in the explore tab. And lastly, don't you just love this music? It's called Lights Dissolve and is produced by a musician named Elliot Middleton. Thanks again for listening.